welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 21st of October 2012, entitled A Heart for Souls, and the Bible reading is taken from Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Gospel of Luke chapter 10, I'm going to begin reading in verse 25, and then... Uh, Read down through verse 37. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. I invite you to stand with me to honor the reading of God's word. Again, beginning in verse 25. Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? The answer said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. He said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. By chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion on him went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, gave them to the lost and said unto him, Take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. Father, we thank you again today for the wonderful privilege we have to be here with brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, as we gather, we thank you for your word that is before us. We thank you for your spirit that lives within us that will give us understanding this day. Father, take these next moments, use them for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. A very familiar story here that we, I guess, most often refer to as the story or the parable of the Good Samaritan. And of course, as Jesus is telling this story, yes, there are many different applications that could be made with the principles that are held therein. But in the context of when Jesus was giving this account, I want you to notice that that's why I read those questions leading up to it. In verse 25, Jesus was asked by this lawyer, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? You know, what is it that I need to do in order to know that I've got life everlasting? Well, Jesus answered his question with a question, which he often did to refer people back towards God's word. And Remember, I've often said to you that rather than sometimes spouting out all of our intellectual wisdom in order to win an argument, one of the best things that we can ever do to anybody that we're witnessing to 
is ask them a question that will get them in God's Word. This is what must speak. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, not by the Word of Larry or the Word of anyone else, but God's Word, yes, sometimes spoken through you and I. But that's what Jesus did. He said, okay, you want to know how to have eternal life. What's God said? What has God said in His Word? And, of course, then this very familiar verse in verse 27 to love God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. And then that last thing, your neighbor as yourself. You want to have eternal life, then you're going to have to love God, first of all, with everything within you, with all of your being, everything that you are. And then in that outward flow of that, your neighbor as yourself. Do this, he says, and you'll live. Well, then that question, okay, if... I've got to love my neighbor as myself. Who's my neighbor? You know, the, I guess oftentimes we think of our neighbor as the person that lives next door to us or maybe a couple of houses down. And that's not what the Bible is teaching. That's not certainly, yes, that person is your neighbor. But it doesn't stop there. And this story of the Good Samaritan is given to us and we could say many things, but I want you to look down. You know, when he comes to the end of this, you know, he uses these three people, and he says, now which one of these do you think was neighbor to that one that fell amongst the thieves? The one that showed him mercy. And those simple words, that's right. Now, you go and do the same thing. Go thou and do likewise. That's exactly what you need to be doing with your life. So what is it? We're talking about in its absolute context, we are talking about eternal life. There are many physical needs that people have that, you know, again, we could look at many of the places in Scripture. Of course, the Bible even tells us that it's not much of a love if we see our brother in need. We close up our bowels of mercy against them and don't care and don't meet those. But this goes much more than that. We have to meet people where they are. We have to feed them when they're hungry and clothe them when they're naked and do all of those things. But to all of this is to be done to the glory of God. It's to be done that Jesus Christ might be magnified and glorified for his credit, not for ours individually. So we find here... How is it that we can go and do likewise? The first thing in those first few verses there we see that is simply to see the condition. See the condition of the people around us, of the world around us. We've got to open our eyes. We'll be looking a little bit more this evening about strange people in strange places. And, and of course, part of the problem today, and I include your pastor as much as anyone, part of the problem today is that we as Christians get too much into our comfort zones. And we like it there. We like to know whether it's that once or twice or three times a week that we're going to go along to the church and we're going to do our thing and then the rest of the time we just get on with living. Folks, if the church is going to make a difference today, one thing for certain is it's going to have to get out of its comfort zone. It's going to have to get outside of those walls. 
The first thing that we need to do, if we're going to follow the instructions that Jesus gave us here, if we're going to do the same thing with our lives, the first thing we've got to do is to see the condition of those around us. What did he say there? Jesus answers it. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among thieves, which stripped him uh, of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. This is the priest. I mean, you know, this, this, is, this is the religious guy. He's got, he's got all the outward appearance. He comes by. He does. He sees the guy. The Bible says he sees him. But when he sees him, the Bible says he passes by on the other side. He really, who knows? Maybe he doesn't want to get involved. Maybe he's convinced himself he doesn't have time right now that maybe he'll check on this guy later. We don't know. The problem was he saw the guy, he saw his need, and he went by on the other side. We find next, and likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him. What did he do? And passed by on the other side. He saw him. He saw the condition this guy was in. He saw him laying there beside the road, beaten to death, stripped of his raiment. But he just passes by on the other side. And then we find next, verse 33 says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, all three of these guys, all three of them, those that were the religious leaders, the Levite, those that were in charge of the religious things that were going on, and this Samaritan. I mean, if anybody of these three should have not been bothered, it should have been the Samaritan. I mean, they, they just, they weren't even a real people. They were looked down upon because of their race, because of their religion, because of many things. We find that he comes along, and I mean, if there was any of these three that you would have thought would walk by on the other side, it would be the Samaritan. I, I want you to just, just remember, first thing you have to do is you see the condition. All these people saw the condition, but what was it that was different? This Samaritan, it says, when he saw him, he had compassion on him. He didn't just see the condition and get on with his life as he was going. We see that he had a sense of compassion. Compassion. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go to the depth. You know, we've talked about it different places. This word compassion is more than just shedding a little tear here and there. It's more than just some goosey feeling that you get because you see something that makes you cry. It's a deep down hurt from inside your very soul, from inside your very being. A hurt that comes from within, a hurt that comes from the heart, a hurt that you really hurt for that person because you see them. This Samaritan, least one of all, he comes by, they all saw him, but he was the only one that had mercy on him. He was the only one that really cared. He was the only one that hurt. I've said it before, folks, we don't like to hurt. We like to pray for God to take away the hurt, to take away the pain for those things, just not to be there. Maybe we need to be praying for a bit more hurt. God, help us to care. 
Help us to feel for those people. Help us to have compassion upon those people. We find that there's something else then. See, they all saw it. We've got to see it first. But there was only one of them that had that sense of compassion. But then notice, and went to him. <laughs> when he cared from his heart, he was willing to get involved. He would, if you were here, seek to contribute, to do something himself, to contribute. He sees something that ought not to be. He cares. He hurts for it. And he goes to do something about it. He puts some action behind it. He's going to help. He's going to do what he can. Everything else goes out the window. He seeks to contribute. You see, today, if we really are going to simply follow the instructions that Jesus was giving here, and yes, in its context, he's talking about people needing Jesus Christ, needing eternal life, we find that we're going to have to see the condition of others. We're going to have to open our hearts with a sense of compassion and really care. We're going to have to open our arms to seek to contribute, to go, to get involved ourselves, not just to leave it for somebody else. He went to him. What does it say next? Bound up his wounds and pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn. Notice those next words, all this, and took care of him. He took care of him. You see, he didn't just make a move. Sometimes it's, sometimes we can see the need and we can actually understand and maybe even hurt a little bit, but he didn't just go, which is the first step. When he got there, he did something about it. He actually gave himself, took care of someone else. It was someone else's needs that he was caring for here. We need people today that will, yes, open their eyes and see the condition of the world around us and its lost condition and the men and women and boys and girls that are lost and dying and going to hell. We've got to be willing not just to pass by and just to pretend that it's not there. But we need to feel what Jesus felt when he looked upon the multitudes and he had compassion upon them, seeing that they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were like those little innocent sheep with nobody to protect them at the mercy of the wolves and the wild beasts. You see, today, that's what God wants to some people that will see, that will care, that will get involved. Notice that he goes on here. He took care of it, but notice on verse 35 it says, And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more when I come again, I will repay thee. I can say a lot of things there. But you see, this is part of what the Lord has privileged us to do with Bill and Jean and with our other missionaries. We can share in the care of those that are in need. And the simple truth is, is that's why that, folks, 
We've been looking. We're going through our series right now. But we're looking at these foundational truths that we're supposed to be fighting for, that we're supposed to be contending for. The church. You know, it's not just some worldly organization. God has put us together so that together we're one body. Together we can share in the care and the concern for those around us, for God's work. This guy here, he did everything that he personally, physically could do in this situation. But then he reached in his pocket and he was willing to take out his money and say, okay, look, I can't do any more here, but you can. I want to help you take care of him. Whatever it costs. That's quite an amazing statement. <laughs> if, if, if it takes more than this, don't worry about it. When I come back, I'll take care of it. I mean, he just wrote him a blank check. I don't care what it costs. The need is what is important. I'm willing personally, physically to do what I can, and I'm willing to take of what God has blessed me with, whatever it takes, that somebody else can care for them. Folks, that's what Jesus is telling us to do. We cannot... It is totally, completely impossible for me as your pastor to stand here and to overemphasize the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. To overemphasize. We do a lot of things as a church and we get a lot of joy out of it and hopefully we grow from it and we, we thoroughly enjoy fellowship around here. But we've seen already in our studies, folks, the purpose of the church as fun as it is sometimes, it's not just to have a good time. It's not just to make each other comfortable. It is the body of Christ. It is that holy temple of the Holy Spirit. We find that he lives and dwells within each of us and he puts all of us together and he builds us into this holy temple that the glory of the Lord can feel. The body of Christ, our main purpose is that the work of Jesus Christ can be carried on on this earth. All these other things, all of our programs, everything that we do, it should be to make us more like Christ and Christ be able to use us more, that his work can be accomplished. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they ever, 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 doesn't matter if anybody ever knows the names of Bill and Jean Williamson. What matters is every single one. You know, this was one guy laying by the side of the road, and it was worth whatever it cost to reach that one guy. What's important is every individual soul that's been touched, that's been helped through that ministry, and that they know that it's all because of Jesus. <laughs> it's all because of him. You see, it doesn't really matter if anybody ever hears of Bethel Free Baptist Church or Pastor Larry Curtis or any of your names. What matters, as we've sang about several times this morning, is that they hear about the name of Jesus, him. That's what they've got to see in all of it. Thank God. Thank you for your faithfulness these years. Thank you for letting us be a part of that. What a privilege. What a glorious privilege. Thank God for each of our missionaries. Folks, 
I'm sorry, we can't support too many missionaries. We can't do too much for the cause of missions. It's impossible for us to. We know that we say time and time and time again, God, help us. Help us to get the bigger picture. Help us to see more because faith promised missions is all about when our faith is increased that those missionaries might be enlarged in the regions beyond to take the gospel to the lost. May our focus here in our lives, in our church, in our missions, all this simple, simple story. Doesn't matter how religious we are, (laughs) how much in control of the religious things we're in. Doesn't matter if we're an individual that the world thinks the least of of everybody out there. Jesus said, that's the one I want you to be like. (laughs) I want you to be like him. I want you to see what's going on. And I want you to be willing to give yourself totally to what needs to be. Right now, physically, where you are, and of your own means, to make sure that that person that's hurting, that they're taken care of. Jesus said, yes. That's a good answer. You go, and you do likewise. Father, thank you today. Thank you for Bill and Jean. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for, Lord, each life. Lord, if they had gone there and spent these 20 years, and through that, if only one person had been pointed to Jesus, it would have been worth every minute of it. But, Lord, we've just seen a small glimpse this morning of the many lives that have been touched So, Father, we pray. We pray that for those that are still there, for those lives that have been touched, for those that are carrying on with that ministry, Lord, for those that have had to take on the responsibility, we pray for them. Pray that you'd be with them. Pray that you'd be with Bill and Jean each step of the way, showing them exactly what you want to do through them now in their lives. And, Father, I pray that you would help us as a church. And, Lord, even here this morning, Well, there could be someone in this congregation today that just simply there like that one that was beaten half dead and laying by the side of the road. Lord, they don't need the raiment of this world. They need the raiment of the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Father, we pray that today, we pray that you would just take and speak to hearts. If there's anyone here today that needs Jesus, help them, Lord, to realize that, to understand that. But that's what this is all about. That's what missions is all about. That's what these missionaries are all about. That's what everything that we do here is all about. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Help us, Lord, to do the same thing. And, Father, also for every Christian here today, Lord, maybe through the lives of these two that have given themselves, maybe you can use that today to speak to their lives, show them, hey, (laughs) there's far more important things out there than what's taking the chunk of my life right now. Help me, Lord. Take me. Do what you would with me. We give you the praise for it in Christ's name. Amen. Mm-hmm.